Hello and welcome to the Reload Podcast. I'm Nigel Lamont and as usual I'm joined by Lee Maxwell and Connor McCann. Today is episode 50, so loud trumpets everywhere, we've made it to 50. I've been talking about getting a signboard for about six months now and this would be the perfect opportunity for it, but clearly not. No. Um, so yeah, 50 episodes, that's how I feel when I get up in the morning, age 50, you know, <laughs> all the cracks and clicks and pains. You think know? the podcast is clacking and cracking? Easy for you to say. Cracking and clicking, clearly not. <laughs> the years haven't been kind to you, Connor. Clearly I was out last night and we had an early start this morning. <laughs> Yeah, so episode 50, we're having a guest lined up, we're having a topic, we're going to chat about events that have happened, events to come, bit of news. We'd like to say we have some massive plan because it's episode 50, but we don't, so deal with it. Exactly. <laughs> we'll do a big plan for like 52 or something random. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Previous episode was episode 49. If you haven't listened to it, listen to it now. It's entitled Some Cars Do Have Them. Uh, basically, uh, Connor had a rundown of strains featured, offered by car manufacturers over the years. Very interesting little topic. Uh, really enjoyed it. Hope you like it. So as usual, we'll start with uh, what's new with you. So who wants to kick off? Well, I don't really have very much that I've been doing car-wise because much like we're on the 50th episode, on the first episode of this, I was tiling a bathroom and shock horror, here I am tiling again. I do have a few callbacks to the previous episode, just what you were saying about there, Nigel. A few corrections because... Everyone loves to correct someone doing a podcast, as we know. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one is actually from Chris Moran, who we've seen this morning, who said I had mentioned on about the Reliant Robin and about Del Boy and Rodney with their three-wheel van from Only Fools and Horses. Turns it out wasn't a Robin. What was it? It'll come back to me. It was a Regal. Regal. And the reason he knows that is because they'd done a pub quiz one night with his friends, and this was like the final question. And if they got this... Their, all their drinks was paid for them all night. Mm-hmm. So, of course, who wouldn't want that? Probably half cut and quite smug being a car guy. He was like, I know what that is. I know because the question was, what van did they use? And only fools and horses. And he rather smugly wrote down Roland Robin and it was a Regal and the Lost. So it was clearly oh. a, a trick question. So I don't, I didn't know that either. What is the difference between a Robin and a Regal? Well, I tried to look it up. And from what I could see, it was a slightly bulkier body, but it's essentially a three-wheeled plastic pig. At the end of the day, like it's still yeah. the same thing. I knew it wasn't a Robin, but I couldn't, I couldn't remember what it was. Then there was a Rialto as well, and then yeah. there was a kitten, which is a really rare thing. It's a four-door ver- or sorry, a, a four-wheeled version of it. Mm-hmm. You ever see them? No? no, it literally looks like a Land Robin with four wheels. Mm. We we so had it's like one. We could do a podcast in the. <laughs> <laughs> the models of Robins over the years. <laughs> My dad and his mates uh, bought one to get the axle out of for a trike. That's the only reason I ever seen one. Mm. They're an odd looking creator of a thing. Like you sort of feel sorry for it. <laughs> um, another one then was uh, Tony, Tony, dead, broken, but ugly. And Tony rather angrily sent me one of his famous angry voice messages, telling me when we talked about the Harlequins, I said the color was Shargal blue, and he says it's Chagall blue. So. <laughs> Didn't go down well with Tony. Um, I will continue to call it Shargle Blue because I sound weird trying to say it the proper way. And it's it this way. You'll say it that way. Exactly. And I'm very <laughs> ignorant about things like that. So tomato, fuck tomato, you, Tony. potato, potato. They um, pronounce aluminium a stupid way. So what the fuck do they know? Yeah. And he's a machinist. You should know how to do it. <laughs> sort your life out, Tony. Um, and then the last one was. Danny Mercado from the People's Car Podcast was listening to us talking about running out of petrol, one of our listener questions. Yes, found a reason he was listening to me breaking down. <laughs> in the gay hotspot. And he was talking to his wife about it and was 
out in the car afterwards and ironically he broke down or he ran out of fuel in as well too so sorry about that I've got the, the reload curse on you Danny so yeah check out People's Car Podcast They'll, you'll hear his version of what happened so we're not alone folks that's pretty much it with me I did have a disappointing moment in the Superb last weekend so cast your minds back to school on your calculator what words do you write with your numbers? Boobies Boobies, Boobies. Well Boob- or shell oil. Shell oil, yes. Yeah. But boobs was coming up in the uh, superb. Not the first time I'll add. Boob oil you could do then? Boob oil. Yeah. Never mm. done that. No. Well, uh, what, typed it in the calculator or yeah. used it? <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, Didn't see it in super drug glasses I was in there. I was very excited for 80085. I was like, yes, going to get a photograph of this. Went down to Left Lee. Missed it. Missed oh. it by, what, three miles or something? Yeah, because Connor drives everywhere with the adaptive cruise control on, like some kind of a lunatic. Adaptive cruise control is there to be used? Says the man who shuns technology, but it's so good. <laughs> you're, like, to me, you're forever, like, clicking up and down. You come in and out of a 30 zone, a 40 zone, you're, like, clicking the I, knee stock. I'm I like, just use, put your foot on the fucking accelerator. I don't use the pedals. I literally drive with the hand controls in that car. That's very surprising. Isn't it? Mm-hmm. That's why you missed boobs. I know. <laughs> Damn boobs. I do like boobs too. It's my favourite. But yeah, that's about as exciting as my life has been, automotive-wise. Other than that, it's not a lot of Thailand. What about you guys? Uh, yeah, same. Work. Missed boobs. Missed boobs. It's there terrible you when you miss boobs. It's a bad day when you miss boobs. It is. Who who does not want to see boobs? What about you, Nigel? Uh, quite a few wee things. That's so good. I'll kick off. <laughs> we'll have a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it was the day after we recorded the last podcast. What day is it today? This is the 19th, 20th. 20th. Yeah, um, the day after we recorded the podcast, I went down to Kyrgyzstan to join... That's right, yeah. Robin Studio 10. He was taking his Polo GTI track car down. So I went down to it. It was the last track day of the year. I forget what the call... Because the race in darkness. All right. Towards the end of the day, because the days are shorter. That's so you get cool. to see all the brake discs. Cool That's what I was going to say. That would be cool. Yeah. yeah. Some really Grand good Trisbury photos from it. But uh, I went down... I was working later that night, so I only to stay till late afternoon. But uh, fantastic day. Track skills, track days are just, they run so well. The guys have been doing it for years and years now. They know what they're doing. Um, got a run or two in with Robin and his Polo GTI and fantastic track car. It just needs a few more things and it's just perfection. Is it standard engine wise or is it mapped or anything? I think it is exhaust, intake and map. Mm-hmm. Um, but it can move like what's that probably saying about 240 or so I would I guess I would be optimistic I think maybe 230 uh, just over 2 a fun car pr- probably 220 oh no sorry I'm being silly sure they're 150 standard I aren't think they? they're KO3S turbo in them, aren't they? yeah so you're probably in low 200s I was thinking they were 200 standard yeah um, yeah really, pun- car. really punchy car he has Toyo uh, I think he has triple R's on it now I think he's run nine kings and just didn't he give them a go it was the ns2rs i think wasn't it yeah i think so um but great track car and the variety of machinery out on the day was brilliant like you've got from caterhams to full tracked prepped m3s there was a ferrari i think it was a i don't know my ferrari numbers no i'm the same it was red and it was modern fast and it was fast and loud <laughs> i think it was a f- 488 I'm not too sure it's interesting to see stuff like that being used on the track too it's good you know because you see a lot of stuff posing around the town you know and you kind of go that gives them a bad name where if they're actually out being used it's it's cool I noticed a wee car there I'm sure it would shock a lot of people was a Clio Sport is this the blue one black one 
black one with a turbo. Oh, it's turbo, does it? There, I don't know if it's the one I'm thinking of. There is one that goes down. Is it like a 182 shape, that kind no, of thing? No, no, no. sorry. Like a 197. Oh, right, no, no. I think it's maybe the newer one. They're there. a sharp car, but though. It went around that track so good. And then there was a... Oh, bro, it was a Zanetti or something. I forget what it's called. Basically, looks like a Noble. Mm-hmm. It was going around. It was awesome. There was an RX-7 going around. It was class. A really well-tuned WRX blob ice array going around. It sounded like thunder. I'd say the RX-7 sounded well in full yeah. chat. Yeah. yeah. Um, but no, it's great to get out on the track and has me more determined to get mine on the, the track. Yeah, because we were laughing that day. We went up to your barbecue and you had a couple of cars sitting and you were talking about the, the Edition 30 that you just bought and we were like, oh yeah, it's great to get a look around it. And then I looked over and there was the other track car sitting. I was like, I forgot he had that thing. Yeah. <laughs> Mark V Edition. I think their first track day it's usually the end of March. That's a good some name for them. So, okay. you can't have that much more to do, have you? No, well, the time belt and service is done. Front brakes are fitted, suspension's fitted. Um, there's a few wee niggly bits in it and uh, the interior distorted a bit, but... Nothing no, major. A Saturday afternoon or two, you should have it. That's good, yeah. Ship shape, like. Good I would really like to get a passenger bucket seat for it, but um, getting bases is a nightmare. I just don't want to pay the money for a new one. Yeah, the bases are big, big money. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that was a good day out. Um, next season, if you have a chance, go, you can go on the Track Skills website or Track Skills Facebook page, and it'll give you the dates. They usually launch the dates on their page, and it should be shortly actually. December you usually announce them because I think they have a big meeting at the the course then, and then they hand out the dates or whatever. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, definitely worth checking out. Uh, speaking of the edition thirty, but a. Uh, RMS spec radio for it. Oh yes, so it did. So was it a, what's an RMS spec radio? Is it R- in. RNS five hundred one or something? Is it five one ten? Five one ten or whatever it is. I am so no good with that type of stuff. I picked up one of them off good listener Paul Glennon. So um, but a joint cooperation with him and John Lagrange. Get got it up the road. Got, got it up here, shipped up north, and uh, I hope to have that fitted very shortly. And then again, rolling on edition thirty. The Rolling Road Day is, when this goes out, it'll be on Saturday. Yeah, a couple of days after. So I think there's a few spaces left for the Rolling Road Day. It's the 27th of November at Autotune Ballymena. Again, it's £40 for two runs, and you get for that, you get two dyno runs. I'm excited to see what yours makes standard before yeah, it's done. so they're meant to be standard 230. With a map, you should be 280, 290, I think. Very good. So I, should, I don't want a harsh map on it. I just want to be... All the boost. Keep hitting yeah. plus. I'm just thinking of that wee turbo that's done a hundred odd thousand miles, <laughs> and my wife at daily drives it, and I don't want it to go bang. That'll be fun. <laughs> she got a heavy foot. Ah, uh, no, we'll see. We'll see. There's uh, some really nice cars entered for the Rolling Road Day. What I'm I haven't so seen rich the list. And we can't go. I'd yeah. say it'll be good fun. Like, uh, there's a couple of Bolo GTIs, a lot of Mark V, Mark VI Golfs. Um, I think there's a Mark Seven Golf GTI as well. Uh, I think there's a couple of Porsches. I'm trying. I'm trying to think off the top of my head what else has been entered. Is Robin running the Porsche Jeep? No, no. He's putting the track car through to see oh, what it's done. Yes. So that'll be and doesn't see what it actually is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so finally, then the saga has ended. Um, I don't think my son listens to this podcast. Hopefully not. So, <laughs> he does occasionally, but I don't think he listens up to date. Right. Okay. Aye, so you should be okay. So the search has ended for my son for a new car for him. Another week of looking. At cars, viewing cars, and Looking maybe saying dogs. to the person, have you just dragged this out of heads and got it MOT'd? Yeah, a lot of people are doing that at the minute. So I ended up going to Warren Point for this one. Um, it's not too bad, but what sold me on it was that it was a solid car. Mm-hmm. 
uh, match spec in a polo. So match is like your top of the range, your gear mm-hmm. of the polo end, but it has the 1200 engine, so the insurance is lower. And uh, HPI clear service history, stuff like that. What year do you say it is? 2009? 09, 1.2612. That'll be a nice first car for him. Yeah, his birthday's... This is going out in the Wednesday, so his birthday tomorrow. Off. So happy birthday, Jack. And uh, Happy birthday, Jack, even yeah. though you're not listening. <laughs> <laughs> he probably is just a hero. <laughs> he wants a birthday shout out. So, yeah. Um, now to get insurance on, that's the big question. Uh, I've got a preliminary quote for professional driver, but it's once they pass the test is when the insurance really kicks in. Very good. Because I was speaking to somebody on insurance and it's okay to insure somebody with a professional driver because you have a supervising driver beside them. Yeah. So that's why the insurance is cheap. But then when they're out on their own, that's when things get crazy. Wrecking all around them. With the, yeah. with the young girl in the front seat and all. Ooh, <laughs> and tunes blasting. That's when the DOE adverts come in. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my news. Um, before we move on to proper news, we should really talk about what just happened a few ah, hours yeah. ago. Yeah. Go for it. So we had our first, as I titled it, Rise and Shine, Reload Podcast, Cars and Coffee Morning. Yeah. So we're calling them Rise and Shine. Um I don't know where you got that name from, but it yeah, worked. But uh, no, it uh, it's the first of hopefully a series of coffee meets, basically. Yeah, it was good. It was a good turnout. Um, I think there were 60 or 70 cars there. And like, we Such a variety. actively tried not to push it because, well... We didn't ask the venue owner for a start. No, we just kind of turned up. <laughs> and uh, I think when you'd shared it initially or I shared it, a lot of people started to share it then. And then the view count I seen on the thing, on the Instagram story, I just went, oh shit, this oh, could no. go... Very badly. Yeah. Well, sure, the the Ford Mustang Owners Club turned up with Ford signs and all that. That was random. Yeah. There was five. I like the way they all come together, though. Like, it's, it's cool to see them all rolling in. Well, and I know the, NIV and the listen to this. They drive out into the hedge together, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wipe out the same pedestrian. <laughs> Does that count as one or five? Um, yeah, the turnout was great. And Lee and I were saying, walking around, the variety of cars was insane. Air, there was probably five or six air-cooled Beetles. Yeah, so there's a couple of uh, Eastern European guys who live quite locally have a... It was actually a dub set a couple of years ago, the White Beetle yeah, with the, with the, the red, red chrome. I yeah. love that car. Valadise dishes. And yeah. Ben Lawrence's Turbo Beetle. Ben, who went on a couple of... Well, a couple of months ago now. Um, I, I love that thing too. Yeah. And then right through to modern stuff. So you had like Sorry, just before I forget, I was chatting to Ben this morning. He plans to have a charity fundraiser event. I yes. don't think he wants to announce it just yet, but it's coming we up. will keep you up to date on it. It's yeah, going to be I quite, was saying that to him. We'll, quite cool. We'll pass on the, the details of it. Yep. Um, it was a couple of yards, GRs, Blackwater Graphics come down. and Zach Zach, Yeah. Um, what else was there? Was some the M3s. A lot of M3s. Ben. Gavin, Gavin turned up in his, br- his new XKR. Is mm-hmm. it XKR? I'm not sure. It's a big jag with a five meter supercharged monster, basically. Yeah, five hundred brake standard. I said to him, I was like, "What's that about three hundred odd horsepower?" He was like, five twenty. I was like, (laughs) "Okay, right, fair enough." Shut Uh, your mouth, Connor. And I think it's going to increase from what I've what he's been saying. I would have no doubt. Yep. Um, What what else was there? Was some really interesting GT86. GT86 was a really nice example. A white one. Subarus. A Porsche. Couple of Porsches. Yeah, there was that Cayman and then Robbins. And Robbins. There's a really right, nice red edition 30 there too. So was, I was going to say, there was a, <laughs> quite a nice wee Mark 1 Jetta with slightly rough paint, but looked pretty cool. <laughs> I will say, I thought it was a bit of rough on that. Um, Chris Moran came up in the M4. Love that car. I, I'm not a, no, sorry, an M3. M3. I'm not a BMW guy, especially modern stuff, but it's a, 
I think it's that color combination and the wheels and stuff. It just looks really, really aggressive. I think that's the best looking M3, modern M3 there is. You see, I wasn't a big fan of the E92. I don't really like the shape of them. And then Ben Emerson turned up in his four-door one. And I love it. And I can't, I can't work out why I like it over the two-door. And then he was saying that they're slightly shorter. He mm. says they're a few inches shorter and they're actually a wider car. So maybe that, like the dimensional change in it is what makes the difference. And I'm not saying that. No, it was such a good variety and a good turnout of people. Yeah, it was good to get everybody out together you see and a lot chat of new people too. and meeting people that listen to the podcast and you never chatted to before. Yeah, so that's it. That was good. Um, yeah, there was people that are like we've known for years and then people we've known through the podcast and then people who hadn't a notion. But no, it was, it was good. And then the weather held off until about the last sort of half hour or so. And then we scarpered the Friar Tux. Yeah. spectacularly changed. Um, <laughs> but there was guys driving in at midday. Yeah. As we were driving out. Yeah. So set your alarms yeah they didn't get the yeah. rise and shine memo. William, William Cornett <laughs> shout out to William and Donal <laughs> he landed down as we were driving out in the rain fashionably late and then there's just damn late yep but no it was it was good um, down Oxford Island's lovely spot like yeah. we haven't we live 10-15 minutes from it and we haven't been down there in quite a long time and then there was other people saying they'd never been down there but it's just one of those things it's because it's on your doorstep you never think of it but it's just a beautiful nature reserve so we'll share plenty of photos and stuff when this yeah. goes out and you can see the cars that were there start an album Facebook page and I'll do it in stories mm-hmm. stuff like that and we will definitely do another one oh for sure we'll move location to sort of can we do uh, burgers and brum brums next time burgers and brum brums <laughs> <laughs> who suggests that there's I can't remember there was some good ones though yeah. burgers I and actually hate the term cars and coffee because it's so overused but the problem with it is now, because it's so overused, everyone knows it. So unless you put that in the title of what you're going to do, nobody goes to it. Yeah. You know, they don't know what it is. Well, we need to start a new trend. Burgers and brum brums. I like it. I do like burgers. Where's your burger place with a big car park? <laughs> McDonald's. <laughs> Sorry, do, go about your business. We're just planning something here live and recording. And if you have an idea, let us know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's our news. Very for good. This, this week. We're going to the news then. Yes, let's go into the news. Do you want to kick it off? Yeah, I'll go first. Um, my first one here isn't so much traditional news, but it's just something I seen I thought was worth talking about. Um, more so because we all kind of know that when you go into like big manufacturers, like even your small car manufacturers are still big, big businesses. And when you get into the likes of Volkswagen, Toyota, Nissan, like the numbers that they're dealing with on a daily basis is just absolutely insane. So I seen a breakdown of basically company earnings by these different things over like years and per minute. Toyota have an annual earning of $275 billion. Billion? Billion dollars a year. Closely followed by Volkswagen. Which this is revenue? Yeah, this is their earnings. Uh, Volkswagen, $255 billion. So that equates to... Toyota are bigger revenue than Volkswagen. Mm-hmm. And so per minute, they're making over half a million dollars per minute. Which is just crazy. No, now, that's revenue. It's not what they're making. Well, they're annual earnings, it says. Oh, earnings. Yeah. So that so is what they profit, yeah. Oh, right, okay. Which is like, th- this makes sense, but it doesn't really, you know, but you just kind of think, yeah, they make a lot of money. But when you actually break it down, like, it's just insane. It's eight, that's $8,000 a second. That's like Ronaldo. Probably is. <laughs> <laughs> All you football fans out there. Um, well, here is something that I read, which I was going to do as part of mine, so right. I might as well tie this yeah, in. So, it in. Um, the headline was, Rivian is now the world's third most valuable automaker. 
Right. So the valuation is based on like their market value and their stock prices and stuff as opposed to necessarily their sales so it's projection, earnings. It's projection based then. That's um, weird. It says here, so it says sales volume plays little part in an automaker's valuation, more important being the continual growth that a manufacturer has, preferably above analyst predictions, how much money it makes per vehicle. And today that's Riv- so Rivian have overtaken Volkswagen to number three. Volkswagen are now down in fourth. Tesla's number one and has been for quite a while and shows no sign of stopping. Yeah. Then Toyota. Uh then it was Volkswagen, now it's Rivian. That's insane. And like Rivian if they're producing anything at the minute, there's a small amount compared to like your traditional automakers. So the figures are, let me see, just to scare you with big numbers that you can't even comprehend in your brain. Where's Tesla? Tesla, where are you? What gets me is like the dollar amount when I was saying there about Toyota being 275 billion. Try and picture that in 20 pound notes, 100 pound notes. You just can't. I'm just cutting to the scene in Breaking Bad where the <laughs> Bill Burr and the big guy sitting in the big pallets of money. Or in one of those, was it the, uh, yeah, sorry, the Fast that's and Furious ones where they're burning the money? Tesla has passed the $1 trillion mark. Ah, see, when you get out of billions, I just can't comprehend. I don't know what a trillion is. That doesn't work for me. So Toyota, a humpty squillion. $262 billion. Rivian, $151.9 billion. And then Volkswagen are in fourth, $139.5 billion. That's their market value. Yeah, Tesla are over a trillion. That's crazy. All internet hype too. All off the back of Twitter. All pre-orders of cars that will never be made. <laughs> well, what do you call truck? that one? Um, is it Lucid? Yes. They're like an up-and-coming EV and they're like $89 billion or something already mm. there. And they haven't reduced the cars? Yeah. That's just <laughs> absolutely weird. But yeah, I just thought it was an interesting look into like what the the figures that they're dealing with. You know, you think would you get paid monthly or weekly? I still think I get it in my head that Toyota are bigger than the VAG group. Yeah, it's well the other one there is General Motors. So you imagine General Motors covers quite a number of brands, and this they're all lumped in together here, and they're like what's that two four six seventh on the list at one hundred and twenty two billion. So they're like about well roughly just over a half of what Toyota and Volkswagen are doing. And they're a big, big auto group, like. So no, that's that's me for that one. But I just thought it was a, an interesting look into it. What have you guys got? My, I don't know where to put this in stories or news news with me or what. But it was basically on the reload uh, Instagram page. I would put up you know the posts and stuff like that, and I put up. Uh, I like to put you know different cars over the years and eighties and nineties stuff like that, and I put up a picture of a Lotus Carlton, and a couple of days later, I happened to follow people might like him uh lenny urban yeah um the the, guy f- there are probably a lot of people don't like him the essex boy but sometimes he has some cool cars on his page and all the rest of it but he actually he happened to put up a picture of a lotus carton with a following instagram post comment behind it and it was, it was actually quite interesting so i'll just read it out word for word when i was younger you were pretty much either team Vauxhall or team ford i had a series 2 rs turbo when i was 19 and a lot of mates had causes we also had mates with very quick red top Vauxhalls but Ford was where the heart was there was one car adorning the Griffin badge that we all loved and respect the 377 brake horsepower 177 miles an hour mental that in the early 90s Lotus Carlton multiple Lotus Cartons were stolen but there was one in particular that turned into this absurd sedan and an absolute legend on November 26th 1993 a Lotus Carlton was reported stolen from a home in the West Midlands with the plates 40RA 
That's a big money plate. Yeah. In the following months, a gang of thieves used the car to conduct ram raids between 12am and 5am, stealing around £20,000 worth of alcohol and cigarettes. A local police officer said, we simply haven't been able to get near this thing and it looks unlikely that we ever will. This is because the local police cars could barely hit 90 miles an hour, while the Lotus Carlton almost doubled it. The Ram Raiders also hid the stolen Carlton during the day and no one could ever find it. Legend has it that it right run the West Midlands police helicopter up the M6, but no one has ever been able to confirm this claim. To this day, no police reports have shown that the 40RA Carlton was ever recovered. Unfortunately, this means that the cars either at the bottom of the lake, crossed in the cube, or rotting in a barn somewhere. Because of the ram raids involving the Lotus Carlton, the UK government deemed the car unsafe and unreasonable. There's newspaper articles all about this. Yeah. For anyone to need to own a saloon, a saloon car that could go 177 miles an hour. Despite gaining traction, the campaign to ban it and ultimately failed, plus the car had already gone out of production in 1982 with just under 1,000 units built. Imagine that, a car that the government actually tries to ban. It also transpires that the owner of the 40RA plate put it on a lot of standard cars over the years until finally getting back on a Lotus Carlton. That was a pretty cool story, just a... They're, they're nuts those um, like you think was it 1982 300 and was it 377 yeah that's phenomenal figures for what was essentially a family saloon car I think when I was reading up on it the Carlton's I think they were built in Germany mm-hmm. and they shipped them directly to the Lotus factory and, and then they, they Lotus, did their work on it Lotus done their work on it the, they're big big money car now you're talking yeah, like, they're I, cool. I had a couple of Carlton GSAs back in the day and I had one at the same time that I as a Golf GTI, I think. Like a more slow. No. I and that's only the GSI. What sort of power were they? They yeah, had the twelve valve and you had the twenty four valve. The twelve valve I think was just a smidge off two hundred brake. Mm-hmm. And then the twenty valve was just over two hundred brake. Well they had three litre, aren't they? Three litre, yeah. yeah. Just straight in line. And then you get the likes of the Lotus Carlton, which is just the start two turbos to it and go, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> it's a different level. <laughs> I think I seen one for sailor, it was like hundred and twenty grand it went for. Yeah. Uh, just that's the working class hero now and it's just phenomenal well that's it guys that's been maybe guys there growing up when they're in their teenage years or young 20s can never afford it they've maybe made something in their lives I want that car that's my childhood yeah same with like Sierra Cosworth and things like that too the money that's Sierra Cosworth now what are they near 100 yeah 60, 80 for like probably an average one yeah should have bought them up (laughs) we were talking when I was away during the week there there was a group of us working and having dinner one night and we started talking about first cars and stuff and it's funny like the different generations of like what your first cars and stuff were yeah so i can't remember them all but a couple that kind of stood out was one of the fellows from cork his first car was it was like an evo replica lancer <laughs> like it was Very like good. a 1.3 <laughs> that's high southern <laughs> yeah um and then one of the fellows i can't remember exactly where he's from but somewhere on mainland europe and his first car was an Opel Manta. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, and I was like, that's cool. No, that's the job. <laughs> Mine was what, a Vauxhall Nova. <laughs> well, what age was the guy in the Manta? Roughly now. 40s, I guess. Ah, uh, yeah. It's probably an old enough car then when he was driving it. Same yeah. with you with the Nova kind of thing. Did he listen to a lot of status quo and stuff like that? <laughs> <laughs> that's all. Uh, Manta drivers, I always had this. A stereotype of them. Long hair. You're probably not far wrong, to yeah. be honest with you, yeah. <laughs> the next one then... You've been living under a rock unless you haven't been annoyed by this thing. Is the new Integra? You guys seen that? Horrendous. It is awful. Like oh, we, we talked about this so member. How to kill dreams. Sad, isn't it? And the, the beauty of it is, they've been saying this is aimed at the enthusiast. 
I'm like, no, it hasn't. So it we talk better about have this. a blinder of an engine and a blinder of a chassis then. Well, what it's going to be, it probably will. It's like we've said about like, so the Golf R and things like the new ones. Like We mightn't like the looks of them, but I bet you they do their job very, very well. So this is coming with a 1500 turbo VTEC engine, which is in the US Civic SIs, I think. It's like a 200 horsepower type thing. It, no one hot into it'll handle well. Um, Just on a sub-note, 1500 turbo, am I right in connecting dots that a Formula 1 current engine is a 1.5 or 1.6? Uh, possibly. I think it's a 1.5 V6, is it? I wonder, is this the translation of F1 technology trickle down? As in a small, small turbo. Yeah, all the manufacturers are going that way now. And well, stick it tax and emissions, that's That's why. it, yeah, and probably opens up for different markets too. Yeah. Um, so it's a five-door fastback, which is odd considering what the legendary Integra Type R was always the two-door coupe type thing. They went with the colour, they went with the yellow, and they claim that it's to hark back to the original Phoenix yellows when we used to yes. get in them. Yeah. Which for me was a bit odd because always when you've seen an Integra Type R was Championship White, you've seen the odd yellow one. Um, this thing is a five-speed, no, sorry, six-speed manual with an LSD, so it's probably going to drive well. It is just awful looking. It looks like an amalgamation of random Audis, Mercedes. It's very big and blobby looking yeah there's an integra is like a wee light sports car you know it's like they've took styling cues cues and then just melted it yep and did you see the placement of the sticker along the door the bottom of the door it mm-hmm. runs across a body line so the body line kind of swoops up but it stickered just says integra and it doesn't follow it it just runs through it and it looks it's very low down or something yeah it yeah. looks like someone went where we're we gonna put that i'll slap it on there that'll do it's, and I don't think when they released it online, I don't think it went down overly well either. It was a kind of, they unveiled it and everybody like the went. <laughs> the Pupra. <laughs> like if, if the likes of Honda didn't give themselves a shake when Toyota brought out the RS yeah. GR. And went, look at that done for the brand. Oh, let's the make hype. Sh- let's make sure this Integra absolutely slays. fucking awesome. Well, I, someone was telling me recently that they reckon the Yaris GR isn't making Toyota money. Because of it's the 10 grand a car. A 10 grand a car loss. That's what I heard. It was 10 grand a car I think that's what loss. my uncle told me. And But like, look at the advertising that that's getting them. Yeah. You know, when people's talking about them, we're sitting talking about them. I'm sitting in the living room talking about them. You know, that's you can't pay for that kind of thing. But the hype over the Aris, like there's what should have been Toyota's biggest success story was the new Supra. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nobody's buying them. Yeah, but it's all everybody's in the Aris. You go on the YouTube, what's the second or third ad? Buy a Supra. <laughs> yeah, they shouldn't have to do that. I haven't seen a Yaris ad yet. No, because they're selling like mad. Yeah, no, I'd rather I'd... have the Yaris. I, yeah, if they... it was a choice of two sets of keys, I know which one I would pick. They're set up. It's just a hark back to the wide body box arches. Looks like a wee pit bull of a dog car. You know, just stanch. Yeah, and it's got that like a wheel at each corner. You know, so just that's handles ha- that's so handy well. In, that's handy in cars having a wheel at each corner. No, well, there's no overhang. <laughs> I was waiting on that. <laughs> but like, you, there's no big overhang. Unless it's yeah, a reliant yeah. Robin. Oh, no, 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 then it wouldn't be a Land Robin. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's, uh, you know, there's no overhang of the chassis. It's just direct. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, but they're such an aggressive car. And the, this thing has just been a complete letdown for everyone. I think there was a few renders floating about that people had done. And it looked like, yeah, that possibly could be the new Type R. You know, that would be the way to go. And then they unveiled this thing and it was like, is that a Vauxhall insignia? What is going on with this? Yeah. Oh, they're just horrible. Like I was talking to a friend, Simon Bingham there. And Simon's a huge Honda guy. I had Hondas for years, and I was winding him up a bit, getting back into something. And 
I think I'd sort of pushed him towards like an NSX or something. And he was like, no, no. And he, he actually said to me, he says, Honda haven't met a decent car from 2007. And like, he's a diehard Honda guy. So there's a customer they've lost. You know I saw what? an NSX last week, did I tell you? No, what colour? Red. Oh, nice. It was class. It was sitting, one of the branches I was working in, there's a Toyota dealership at the end of the road. Mm-hmm. And there was all these like Hiluxes and whatever all parked along the front. And then I don't know where, because it was parked there a couple of days. Oh, so it must enough. have been somebody... I don't know if they worked there or yeah. whatever and it was just like parked along the front in the middle of all these big Hiluxes it was class they're such a good looking car I love them I remember them being like 30 grand and thinking I thought he's giving 30 start, grand for a Honda when I first drove in at first glance I thought it was like an MR2 or something yeah. which would have made sense at the Toyota dealership yeah but then I, I was like no it's longer you look properly so then it. when I drove back out again I was like no I, I knew that wasn't <laughs> <laughs> You guys anything? Because it wouldn't be Reload Podcast without an upcoming car auction. Yes, oh no, absolutely. <laughs> the black 964 911 Turbo from Bad Boys. Oh yeah. Is going to go under the hammer in January. The one that smashed into the wall or the one that survived the trip? <laughs> well, but- I'm assuming the one that survived because the pictures look very oh. nice. Uh, CGI. <laughs> and as you know, I'm not a Porsche particular aficionado or fan, but this You're not one... A Porsche guy? It is nice. Um, have they any predictions for what they're going to make or anything? I don't know. That's what I was trying to say. Porsche have issued a certificate of authenticity. To say that this is what it is. how original it is and all this sort of stuff. It's one of only 350 examples built for the US market in 1994, which was the final year of that generation. Um, but most of all, obviously, it's expected to affect extra big money because of its starring role in the 1995 film Bad Boys. Its seats are full of Will Smith's farts. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's not exactly a concourse low mile. Well, it's low miles but uh, it has been driven. It's about 35,000 miles on the clock. Um, so it's not one of these 16 milers. But yeah. yeah but I, th- I, cool. I, I think just Porsches need to be driven. I think they suffer more if they're not driven. I think anything lies mm. up doesn't do well for it. You know, it has to be on the move. I've seen that even with, like, you know, field cars and stuff. They just deteriorate. I think there was an episode of Top Gear years ago when Clarkson had, you know, the Red 959 and the F40 yes. out together. Well, I think he blew the turbos in it because it was I've been low mileage. Yeah. That's not, lineup thing does not do things well. This car apparently was originally owned by the film director Michael Bay, who then sold it to the producer. And then it changed hands a couple more times and it was purchased back from the Drendel collection in 2014 by the current owner and uh, it's won loads of awards at like classic events and stuff like Amelia Island and Just Pinehurst Concourse and most recently it made a red carpet appearance in the ba- at Bad Boys for Life you know the, the was it the third Bad yeah, Boys that came un- out unfortunately yeah yeah did you see it, Nigel? I refuse to watch it because I've heard it's absolute crap. It's I don't want to damage the legacy. I'm just going to stick watching one and two. <laughs> you sound my, like me. My favourite scene is the young fella turned up to pick Reggie? up his daughter. Who the fuck is Reggie? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, that's the dream. And of my friends who have daughters, I'm like, yeah, when are we doing this? <laughs> what about you, Nigel? Uh, well, bit of bit of news that came out this week was the surprise cancellation of Worthersea in 2022. Yes. We expected 2021 to be cancelled, but... Anybody who doesn't know Worthersea is a huge, absolute... Biggest Volkswagen show in the world. Yeah. 
It is um, set in Worthersea up in the Alps. It's absolutely incredible. Lee and I were there 2011, I think it was. It's just absolutely insane. It runs for about three days, or sorry, three weeks unofficially, and a week or so officially back back him from Volkswagen, the Vibe Group. It's just absolutely insane. So go on ahead there, Nigel, sorry. Here, here's just a simple readout of the Worthersea Treffen Facebook page. No shiny bolts in 2022. GTI meeting in Refnitz at Worthersea cancelled again. Decision to cancel the third period. Don't know what that means. I think it's broken English translation. This. Uh, as a result of the meeting, neither the organiser at the municipality, Maria Worth, nor the people in charge of Volkswagen have made it easy. She still met for the good of all participants. There will be no restart of the traditional Worthersea meeting in 2022. This motto has been valid here since the first GTA. This is broken English. It definitely like, is, yeah. Basically, it's been happening since 1982 and and in the middle has been truly lived since then. Here, drivers, fans... It's like reading a Japanese that's, sports car sticker. That's English. <laughs> fans, exhibitors, sponsors and tuning friends met. A close interaction around the passion that unites all the legend GTI. As always in late autumn, the request for the coming year start. Exhibitors and sponsors ask for stalls, fans and drivers are after the first tickets. For all participants and also for us as organisers ourselves, it's important to be able to plan early. Therefore, it was a great concern for us in consultation with Volkswagen to make a decision early and all for and against argued. It was a good idea to weigh it down. Maria Worth's mayor, Marcus Padacher, emphasised the community itself as well as the fans hope to Polish the impressive vehicles to high gloss again for 2022 meeting and to be seen again at the restart of Europe's most popular auto open airs. However, like all other car fairs and large events, a reasonable decision was made here as well and thus a new cancellation was fixed. Well, it's no secret that Worthersea's been under attack by local police and by a lot of like the local who live there. Yeah. And yeah, sort of rightfully so because like they have to live there and then for three weeks of the year they're absolutely tortured it brings a huge revenue through too because there's like tens of thousands of people that attend it but it has had that sort of stigma and of getting worse and worse and yeah. people's burnouts and like a lot of shows unfortunately yeah and i would say it's probably got to the point now where they're just cracking down and going Do you know what it didn't happen last year why don't we, we just, did without it yeah, yeah why not just crack down and stop it this year again i still think people will drive there well, that's what I was going to say. You do, you have the unofficial look at HTO on the East Coast in America. Like, that show hasn't been there in a few years now, and there's still this shit show. Like, I think people will drive there, and the police will just welcome the open arms oh, yeah. into the oh, jail cells. So, <laughs> well, HTO, they're just towing cars. Yeah. Like, they're towing cars and coming no, into the There's no city. reasonableness anymore, HTO. Nope. There's no, like, it's not like, oh, look what you've that. done. It's like, modified car, mate, come with me, dude. And then you pay to get it out, and that's it. What if you live in Ocean City with a modified car? You're still getting towed. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a shit show, like, but that's what'll happen there. And to be honest, with no kind of rule over that, I would say it'll get worse. You know, yeah. Because it'll just be absolute chaos. They'll just turn up in the town and do whatever they want. You know, that's that's the sad reality of it. But yeah, that's that's what happens. Another cancellation. Another cancellation indeed. Thanks, Corona. Next one I have then. Have you guys seen the Hyundai Grandeur? I have not, Connor. This thing is awesome. So... Hyundai have made a full EV and it's an EV of an old model that they had in the 80s and the way they've done it they've kept the body stand of this 80s car very boxy looking thing I'll show you guys but they've updated it with like LED headlights LED taillights kept the original shape but like pixelated LEDs and it just looks so cool so that's a full <laughs> EV actually that is cool well, now, well, that looks like Tony Soprano's car yeah yeah exactly that's, do you ever watch Men in Black yeah 
their car, oh, yes. the LTD. So they've done a really good job in keeping it that traditional style. And even with the like LEDs, it works really, really well with it. Like the interior has like bronze accent lighting, so it's like it's to do with like you know like old valve amp guitars, like guitar amps and stuff. It just works so well. They've got an integrated touchscreen on the dash, which doesn't look out of place, which is impressive because everyone puts them in the cars and it looked like someone threw it out of a helicopter and it stuck to the dash. <laughs> this has been, I think they did it basically as a design exercise for themselves. And they've actually, it's not a render, they've built it. So they've built one and they're not building more of them, mm. which is a pity because it's something they got. Yeah, they're would be cool. quite cool. Hyundai have been absolutely blowing things out of the water this past few years. Yeah, it's like the guy from Volvo's moved to Hyundai. And yes, and just really transformed the whole company this last yeah. number of years. And saying Have something you think like back that to the 80s Hyundai ponies. Yeah. Oh my the most god. Most un- uninspirational design ever. Yeah. A fridge on wheels. Yeah. Yeah. White goods is just exactly <laughs> what that is. But yeah, the fact that they built it is absolutely class. I love it. That style of car reminds me of when you seen like Demolition Man or Blade Runner. And they kind of use like modern cars for then, which are old now, and put like updated tech into them, yeah. what they thought the future would be. This is what this looks like yeah. to me. So if you Google Hyundai Grandeur, you'll see, the, or even EV after, you'll see it. It's just, it's so cool. So that's my one. My story then, basically it's a news story that I don't think there's an answer to it yet. Of course, we've talked about it before, McLaren's money woes. There was talk of them going bust last year. Yep. Or 300 million in debt or something, mm-hmm. or some, some, something crazy. That's again figures, it's yeah. crazy. Um, so a new source is claiming that Audi and BMW, or Audi or BMW, are in talks to partner with McLaren. New information suggests British based F1 team and sports car maker is entering important phase of discussion with multiple partners. McLaren is in talks with potential partners, including Audi. A further source is confirmed to Autocar. But this source stresses that other potential investors, such as BMW, are also involved in preliminary stages. But in a statement, the brand said the story was wholly inaccurate, adding McLaren's technology strategy has has always involved ongoing discussions and collaboration with relevant partners and suppliers, including other car makers. However, there has been no change in the ownership structure of the McLaren Group. So it's a very will they won't they story, like isn't it? Yeah. However, a new source has now revealed that Audi's talks have progressed to an important point, suggesting that the premium car maker must decide whether to continue or walk away eminently. In reaction to the story in German media, Audi said that it was open to cooperation opportunities. Yeah, they're not the only potential bidder. Naming BMW is another bidder, but it was yeah. actually talk that there's, they so, would there's, split so, up. there's something afoot. Whether this ties in with. Uh, different aspects of the business I, I, I don't know is well, it BMW's way into F1 or well what's... The, the way they talked about it way I read was the BMW and Audi were in talks of buying it together and splitting it and taking ah right okay Audi were going to take the F1 motorsport side of things and BMW were going to take the road car side of it okay. so as I thought it was a weird one for Audi and BMW you know two big rival German yeah. companies but then again if it works for them why wouldn't it mm. It also was seen as basically Volkswagen Audi's way into potentially into Formula One, which would make sense because there's been talk about it for um, a while. Like you think of the development that Audi would need money-wise to get into F1, this is a cheap option. Yeah, then. you buy your way in and then develop the car as yeah. you want it, yeah. Um, it was quite funny because Autocar released this, that they had bought it, and then they basically seen something from a German news group. And they put a new story out. And put their new story out and then had it retracted. They are like, <laughs> oh, they were, yeah, we, we followed misinformation. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't Denzel Washington said to a reporter one time, news has to be first, has to be first, but the question is you as a reporter, do you want to be first or do you want to be accurate? Ah, yeah, well, that's the thing. People just throw things out there. So I remember watching a documentary about 
the assassination of JFK. Uh-huh. Because back then there was no internet. There no. Obviously no. Just pigeons. The, it was payphones. Yeah. And do you know what I mean? Journalists would have been standing by the payphone. And it had come through to, is it Walter Cronkite was the real famous yeah. news anchor back then. And it came through to the newsroom and they didn't know whether to announce it. So they wanted to be first. But they were like, is it real? Yeah. And they didn't know. They knew that something had happened, but they didn't know if he was dead or what, you know, what had and, happened. And what's the chances of the And they were like taking killed? their chances going, should we, should we, should we? Because imagine it going on and announcing the president was dead and, and he then wasn't. he wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> In the jail. Have <laughs> <laughs> you know only? I was going to put this one. I wasn't sure whether to put this into YouTube or just the general news section. It was just about the new series of Top Gear. Ah, go for Started it. Yeah, there at the absolutely. weekend. Yep. I haven't watched it yet because I've been away down south and you can't watch iPlayer in, in Ireland, <laughs> which is a bit of a pain, but I'll probably watch it this weekend. This is where I would like to get a sponsor called VPN. Yeah. <laughs> NordVPN. <laughs> so it started on Sunday, the 14th of October and will be on uh, weekly on a Sunday evening. In the first episode, Freddie, Chris and Patty head down to the British Grand Prix for a showdown with a trio of F1's finest drivers. Oh, very good. This week's episode... Which I'm kind of, I'm like, because it's harking back to the old Top Gear. Oh, no. It's about caravans. Oh, sounds comical already. That's a Mm. So, I don't know. That's a pity, because the first couple of seasons with those guys together, I really enjoyed. And I hated Top Gear for years, so hopefully it doesn't go back down that route. And and on the track, Chris reviews the new Lamborghini Huracan STO. I've actually seen the trailer for that one. For that Lambo? Yeah. Interesting. Munching tires. Oh, really? Ah. <laughs> man um, does like the slide. Also coming up later in the series, the team go on an expedition to Iceland. And Freddy gets his hands on the new Chevrolet Corvette. Oh, nice. That'll be interesting to see a proper review yeah. on it. No, so Top Gear is back. Yeah. No, I, I like the the newer series. I, ha- that's, I think we talked about it at the time. I yeah. hadn't watched it for years. And then I watched the new one with Patty and... Those and guys. It, kind of it is like actually it was good. Years. I, really I enjoyed it. A good friendship on yeah. there. It's like watching three friends going out together. I, I see the one of them need. going out in the executive cars. Did you see that one? And they had to live in the cars yeah. for twenty four yeah. hours, and they're like climbing in and out of each other's cars. And, and then they were, si- they were sitting in a stadium, and they had That's to open right. the Icelandic fish or the Nordic. Yeah, and they were near Boken. Yeah. And they smell in the car. <laughs> <laughs> it was Chris Harris. He was like, <laughs> oh, he's so animated. It's great. <laughs> he he's was so crying. It was that strong. And Paddy, he ran away up. He stood outside he the car. The he says, I can still smell it. And then he ran up the Aww. stairs of the stadium to get away from it. I can, I can smell that. You know when you're working, someone microwaves fish. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Funny, there's a new guy in our team, and he's Jim Bunny. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Microwaving fish. Oh, he's just fish, steak, fish, steak, fish, steak. You work in the docks, don't you? Yeah. Throw him into the sea. <laughs> you like fish, mate? There I you need go. I'm going to lift this guy in. All oh, right. <laughs> he left you in. Um,. My next one then, we've talked before about synthetic fuels that are being yep. created. Porsche. Uh, Porsche yep. were big on this. Well, turns out the RAF are on it too. Have you seen this? Yeah. They've created a fuel they're calling UL91. So I don't know what where that comes from or what it is. But they actually have managed to 21 minutes. like a storyline from Marvel. It does, yeah. <laughs> Get the UL91 or the words over. It's great. Don't, even, don't start me on Marvel at the minute. <laughs> Um, yeah, so there's a 21 minute flight they've completed in an Icarus C42 Microlite, and it's actually a Guinness World Record for the longest flight on synthetic fuel. So they reckon they've done tests with the Microlite's engine manager, Rotex, and they've dynoed them, and there's no loss of fuel or no loss of power. 
instant torque, instant response as well. So it's pretty much the same as. So this could be another way into, you know, what is keeping our cars on the road, which mm. is nice. What I did laugh at is the, the, the RAF are, it's part of their, it's called a Project Martin, which is to reduce the RAF's emissions. Now, I didn't think you'd be really that interested in reducing the emissions of a military, but mm-hmm. as you go... Everybody's got a footprint. Well, that's it. It's a 80 to 90% carbon reduction per flight, which is actually pretty impressive, to be fair, and no power loss, as I say. It's made from extracting hydrogen from water and from carbon from the atmosphere and CO2, um, and then they combine them with some sort of magic wizardry, and it creates a fuel. One thing I did say is, or read is that the RAF want to go to net zero carbon emissions by 2040, right? Mm-hmm. Do the RAF not have bombs? Mm-hmm. Are they going to make carbon neutral bombs? What? How do you go carbon neutral when you're the military and you're blowing shit up? Well, here's something I've probably said. Did I talk about businesses getting carbon, reducing their carbon footprint and how they're doing it? No. Here's something that came to light a few weeks ago. Land is being bought in this country. Right. And trees are being panelled by big companies to offset their carbon footprint. Yes. So agricultural land is going up for sale at the moment. Yeah. Large companies are buying it. So they're driving the price of agricultural land planting trees up. on it. So yeah. they don't have to do anything else. They're just a carbon footprint. And they have the money to buy it. So in 20 years time, Northern Ireland will be half covered in trees. Uh, like the Ireland in the 1700s. <laughs> we'll have bears and wolves back. It'd be great. So that's how people are dodging this crap. Yeah. Uh, they're not actually reducing anything as such. Technically, they are because they can say, well, the, the trees we're planting. It's, it's a cheap way of reducing your carbon footprint as yeah. a business. Yeah. So it's there's a side note. <laughs> more trees, not a bad thing in no. my book, but. Unless you hit one in a car. Yeah. They don't kind of shift, really. No, they're very solid. Yes. They tend to be. <laughs> well, just when you were talking about that, it reminded me of a story that I read. Non really car related. You know that I fucking love science on yes, Facebook? Aye. Um, During the week. And it was. A flying car has gained the first safety certificate issued by Japan, allowing them to commercialise uh, flying vehicles as soon as 2025. The old atom bomb done wonders for Japan, didn't it? <laughs> no adverse effects. <laughs> you think differently over there. What can possibly go wrong with this? A flying car. Can't put people in driving cars and around flying no. cars. Um, it has a, it's called an SDO3. It's only a single seater. Does it um, look like a car or look like a plane? No, do you know what it looks like? You know the in Return of the Jedi, the troopers on the like the motorbike things. It looks like a modern version of one of those. It does. <laughs> I could put on my forest trooper storm suit or stormtrooper suit. Sorry, back that up. You have a forest. Unfortunately, not. But I would love one. <laughs> that is cool. Yeah, it's cool, isn't it? Um, so it's a flying motorbike. Are die. Oh yeah. <laughs> Powered by eight propellers in a quadcopter formation, has a range of around 10 minutes flight time, top speeds of up to 30 miles an hour. It's essentially a drone. Yeah. Yeah. But you can sit in it. Thanks, Japan. I like it. I'd love a go on one. Do you know what I'd love a go on? A jetpack. Yeah. I like. You have this thing about flying. I've always wanted to fly. I, I dream, used to I used to dream about it all the time when I, I was used a to dream kid. About flying. Yeah. I still do occasionally, and it's so fun. <laughs> and then you wake up and you're so disappointed, disappointed. that you can't fly. <laughs> well, there you go. You any other ones, Nigel? I'm all done. I am all done myself. We move on to YouTube. Yeah, so let's move on to our U- regular YouTube section then. So who wants to kick it off? Well, the first one I have is, isn't actually happened yet, but or hasn't actually happened yet, but it's coming up. We're fans of Hoonicorn versus the World. Remember that little mm-hmm. series that the Hoonigan guys did? It's coming back. 
So Ken still owns the unicorn. Remember we thought it went back to Ford? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He put an announcement out on Instagram the other day that he still has it. I thought that's why he was trying to kill it. I, that's what I thought too. But apparently it's back, baby. I can't reiterate how much of an absolute monster that thing is. It's absolutely insane. So come the uh, 29th of November, we'll be able to watch it again. But if you look at it the car... have a new engine or something. Well, there's a lot of new things about it because the livery is new. No more monster on it. No more number. What's Ken's number? 43. It's not on it. So new driver. Could it be old the sandwich man, Travis Pastrami? <laughs> is it going to be him? Peroni, I say, Stra- Travis Peroni. Travis Peroni. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be him. It has to be because he's driving that the Subaru as well. Like, uh, but that thing is so fun. Like, it's what was it the uh, Jim Cana thing he done, and the term was he dri- his face looks like he's driving like a you no know, he's the driver and the passenger uh, yeah <laughs> it's like he, his face doesn't know what's going to happen <laughs> he's so animated it was just fucking brilliant like but yeah like it's kind of predictable sometimes because you look and you can go well yeah that <clears> thing's going to get wiped with a unicorn but it's just it's just so impressive how it launches and yeah. the fact that it's not a drag car it's just built to be absolutely insane yeah. like i'm i'm really looking forward to seeing that again I think you have more there on the Hoonigan stuff, haven't you? Yeah, let's stay on Hoonigan. And a great series that started this week. It sort of ties on from his uh, Ken Block and the Hoonigan guys adventure into Germany and their relationship with Audi. Mm-hmm. So Ken and Scott went out to Audi to start their whole new relationship with Audi. And then the Hoonigan guys are back in Germany this week. They've been releasing a video every day this week, more or less. Yep. And it's basically called Car Kane Abroad. And it's basically the... More or less about a week of them guys. So there's Vinny, Scotto and Ron yep. fly out to Germany, I think they fly into Munich, to buy their, in the exclamation mark, dream cars. Yeah, dream Euro cars. So these are cars, I think the majority of them, they're bought on scene, obviously. Yeah, and or stuff they can't get in the States, yeah. yeah. So Scotto, of course, Audi guy, he buys an S2. Mm-hmm. Not the cleanest thing in the world. Definitely not. Is it one it's point? It's a bit scabby, like. It's a bit of a spoiler for anybody, but we'll talk about it anyway. Yeah. They can stop listening at this point if they want. At one point, Lee, they pull up to a petrol station and they notice like, that the radiator's leaking. Mm-hmm. So we, they get like a pair of pliers and do the fins across the radiator. Yeah. He's just pulling them out in strands. Like it's fucked. Oh. It's like party strings. <laughs> and then there's another part where um, he wanted a set of like really, really rare headlights for his S2 build or the, uh, the, yeah. the Coupe Quadro. So they go to get it. And there's power steering fluid looking, leaking from the S2 onto the exhaust. So it's just smoking. Oh. And they pull up and the car looks like it's going to burst into flames while he's trying to do this deal with this German guy. <laughs> I think it's Ron turns around and goes, ah, nothing to see here. Nope. Just, just pull up the best set of headlights from a car and fire. Just flames. <laughs> so, yeah, Scott gets an S2. Then the go, uh, Vinny, he gets an E30 316 Touring. It is, yeah. And I'm not a big E30 Touring guy, but it's so nice. It's yeah. Daytona Val. Oh, yeah, the color. Color, yeah. Lovely interior, like a Recaro style interior, with like the like the color flashes across it. Yeah, is that like the one Stefan has in the shed? Like that, only a nice color. Okay, <laughs> no, I'm not a huge fan of those either. No. And I love E30s. Yeah, Stefan. And I love estates, but somehow the combination doesn't always work. Stefan owns Bob's old one, which is oh, red. Right, okay. And we said it looks like a tipped over phone box because it's just like red with a glass of it. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> Uh, Ron, he buys in the. I haven't La- seen this one yet, but you were telling he, me earlier. He buys in the uh, Lancia Integrale 16 valve. What a car. The stop in at JP Performance, one of the biggest guy, celebrity modified guys in Germany. Mm-hmm. Stop in with him. And 
Scott O'Hoppins the buy an RS2 while he's there as, as well. As you do. Oh. Real nice one. Yeah. Those are two yeah. of my dream cars. The oh, Lancia and the RS2. He also stops in this garage at the six. It was the six series. He was thinking of buying for the wife. I didn't. I haven't seen that bit. Yeah, yeah. but I, I think it's home the... in hand until the price was mentioned. And he went, oh, maybe not. Yeah. But then he goes on to buy an RS2 as well. So you're sitting there going, right. Well, I'd rather be RS2 yeah. than a six series, to be fair. Um, no, it's, it's, it's a great travel vlog, drug car thing. And they go to JP Performance and he gives them the show round things and stuff like that. And then they take all three all three cars that they've bought to the Nürburgring and do a lab in Nürburgring. Nice. It's just such a cool road it's, trip. They're a good group of guys that work well together. And you know, they play off each other. They've known each other for years and years now. Like And they don't take things very seriously. You know, so they'll show the things that oh, go wrong and have a laugh. At each other. Yeah, that, that's what makes it. It's and the like, thing that made... The, one of the videos for me was your guy Vinny when it came to buying the car he just went into this mode and they actually oh. the comment on it went he goes so serious yeah so like Scotto he buys the he's S2 he's going I bought a piece of shit yeah <laughs> and Vinny's like combing over the car combing over it and he goes round 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 underneath round. it round and it. he was like don't be following me doing this and all that <laughs> just, he, no, he, the, the videographer I forget the young kid's name I can't remember he, yeah. says he actually asked us not to film this <laughs> Scotto's like we're filming it <laughs> <laughs> the boss of the final say, yeah. but no, that that's that's so good. I've had very little time to watch any YouTube stuff at the minute, but I have been watching that. I think that's my dream, just to do that for a living, go and buy really cool cars and drive them back. Someday we'll win the lottery, or just buy them and keep them. I would still like to do, you know, one of those Top Gear style challenges, like just a, lo- a group of us and it just set up a thing to say buy a car and drive to here and. The only problem Just with that is, happens. as Nigel has found out with trying to buy even a cheap car, it's, they don't exist can't anymore. at the minute. <laughs> so if you'd like to donate to our adventure, it's Patreon <laughs> at Radio <laughs> Please. <laughs> oh dear, is that you? No, I have a few here. Oh, one ahead then. Um, j- just briefly, I have much detail on them. Um, Drift Games, I don't know if you've been following them this last week. In and out. I haven't seen it recently. They had mentioned rather short notice because of the lift of the travel ban to America. They... We're flying out to Drift Week USA. Which Is this where they're hiring from Drift HQ you yep. said about before? Yeah. So the plan was um, Josh and Dave, who runs Drift Games, were going to fly out and do Drift Week 4. Very popular thing now in America. There used to be Drag Week. Well, now there's Drift Week. And this is the fourth, I think the fourth year, the fourth time. I don't know if it's a yearly thing or what. So this is Drift Week 4. So they're getting ready to go and they're going to hire off uh, Dorte, Dorte? Of Drift HQ, what do you call him? Thwarty? Oh, I don't know. Is your is your domain? The owner of Drift HQ. Um they're hiring a E forty six M three off him and plans were all set, just coincided with the lift of the travel ban. It was perfect, all the rest of it. What happened the day before they were due to fly out? Somebody got COVID. Dave got COVID. Oh <gasps> lovely. So last minute, Adam. Mm-hmm. You see Adam the odd time in the vlogs. He's flying out with Josh. He's going to do it. Dave in the video he released well, sure he looked Godded, yeah, but I think he's out. He's out of isolation Friday. Is he going to fly over? No, well, he's he's there's a drift games bash on at Mandela today, and he was planned to fly out on Sunday, but he needed to get permission or something because he's just had COVID. Oh, it's like too close to it or something. <clears throat> and apparently, you have to wait in the Irish government to give you green light. And apparently, they're a disaster. Nah, yeah. So, best case scenario, he's going to fly out on the Sunday because they were going to make it a three week trip. Mm-hmm. So, he could have flew out halfway through it. So, I don't know if he'll get out or not. Oh, it's terrible. But anyway, the there's been probably two or three episodes of their Drift Week series, so it's been good watching them going around the various tracks. I think they started off in Willow Springs in California. Yeah. I, mean, I think they're away to Arizona now. 
That'll be but, cool getting uh, to race some of them iconic tracks. It looks very, very expensive. Oh yeah, to I'd do. Say so. But some of the cars there are absolutely class. What you're saying is we'll not be doing it. Never. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I can't afford to put flipping slicks on my track car. Never mind. I know. It's crazy. <laughs> Um, have you any more YouTube? No, no, I have nothing else. Right, so I'll just finish up on a regular channel I watch. This is Danny DC Two. He had been this season uh, racing in the I don't know if it was the MR Two Cup or the some sort of cup he was in, but he was racing a Mark Three MR Two. I think it looks it is. like a frog, the wee convertible yeah. ones. Yeah. So those are a cheap car if you went into something like that. Yeah, just about either terrible. He, he had it all season. He had troubles with the engine. He got cra- he crashed it. All the rest of it and he announced he was retiring it and if you've been watching the channel for years it was made famous the channel by him crashing his DC2 at Nürburgring ah right right I think that's one of his biggest views videos so he has decided to fully track the DC2 so oh so he's going full track car then so he's going to have a video out every week of the build to next season so I think he's running the K20 red top that'll be cool yeah yeah and, uh, the K series engines are so, they're, they're awesome. There's, like there's a guy kind of getting off topic, but there's a guy I work with, and he has a K twenty four Accord, and the Uruar that you put up mm-hmm. there on Instagram, same as that only just a normal Accord, and he's recently bought a Golf and he has it up for sale for a thousand pounds, and I'm like that's a K twenty four, and I keep looking at him and like I I'm like talking to him every day in the office and I'm like I want to buy that thing. Just for the engine. Just for the engine. And I don't know why, because what am I going to put it in? Yeah. Like, I could put it into one of the Volkswagens or something, but it's just like, <laughs> that is so cheap. The K-Series engines are so cool. Like, look at Mike from Stanceworks is doing what his. I read enough. That's mental. Um, just on a side note, just for a while to remember, Jimmy Oak's channel, you and me watch it. Yes. He's just uh, announced that he's going to be starting a twin cam build, sir. I've seen that. I've actually seen that, yeah. So I was surprised to see that he had something like that. Bit disappointing. He pulled out the twenty valve that came with it. Yeah, so he's like the newer shape twenty valve with individual throttle bodies on it. Now, knowing Jimmy, that thing's going turbo. I reckon he's putting the SR twenty on. Yeah, I would say. I'd say that's he, the, uh, that's what he knows. So he's not going to put a JD or an RB because just mental money. Yeah. So it'll be an SR or some description. But no, it's that's a really good channel. Jimmy's like yeah. it's just some cool stuff to do. Did you notice there's no door handles on the A eighty six he had, and he was kind of like torn because the whole oh, thing. Oh, he's decided now he's going to. Put new doors on. And it's so clean. Yeah. You know, it's all been body worked and he's like, I've got these perfect body work doors that have no door handles and I don't like it. Mm. Yeah. But no, it's, I would say that thing's going turbo. That is us for YouTube this week. So we'll, we'll just move on to our usual questions. Yeah, well, just before we do that, we'll have a word from our sponsors. Okay. First up, we have Rito Global. Rito Global are an enthusiast-owned brand bringing you all the best in retro motorsport goods. Based in Northern Ireland, they're also the official stockists for 8380 Labs products in the UK and Europe. Head over to reload.global to find everything from garage banners, stickers and air fresheners to clothing and all things retro motorsport related. And good news for listeners, for the remainder of this month, receive a Black Friday 20% discount using the code BLACK20 at the checkout online. Next up we have Studio 10 Bespoke Car Care. Studio 10 are a car care business located in Ballymena, Northern Ireland. Robin specialises in vehicle detailing, paintwork correction and ceramic coatings. Studio 10 are the only Movinci approved detailer based in Northern Ireland and are proud to have many years experience in the automotive industry. Studio 10 also offer an online training programme, Foundation Pro. This training programme is designed for those who want to improve their current skill set, whether that be to detail their own vehicle to a much higher level or if they're considering starting their own valeting business. The course features many other benefits such as discount codes for various detailing companies and much more. 
This Black Friday, they're also offering 20% off their online trading program with the discount code BLACK20. The offer is valid until the 30th of November. To view all their other detailing packages and obtain details on all the other services they provide as well, visit their website at studio10car.care or Google Studio 10. You can also find them on Facebook and Instagram at Studio 10 Detailing. Yeah, so we'll move on with our questions and with a mixture of questions and responses just to our last episode that we talked about. So I'll have a quick rundown of people who I messaged in basically saying about the different features in cars, what their favourites were, what the most peculiar was. Uh, Connor Old has said the Alpha 90 had a dashboard briefcase. How did that work? I actually Googled this. Uh-huh. So what does it look like? Uh, does it take I'm going to Google it. <laughs> it's just, it just looks like a, it doesn't look flush. It's just, you know... So it's just like a slot in the dash for a dashboard or for a briefcase going to, is it? Yeah, it's uh, Alpha. See, see, when you bring up Alpha 90, it automatically goes Alpha 90 briefcase in Google. Oh, so yeah, it's a, a popular one. Oh, oh. Like that's not flush. Yeah. No. That's, a, someone, that's, that's catch your knees on it. Someone has cut a hole in the dash and threw that in. Oh, sorry. It must have popped it out. But eh, it's reasonably flush. Okay. It's definitely an odd one. It's for the businessman. Yeah, there, there's a better picture of it there. Yeah. It looks a bit like a glove box, doesn't it? Yeah. Ah, uh, 80s dashboards. And was it like branded, I assume? Yeah, it says Alpha mm. Romeo on it. It's like my Skoda umbrellas. Oh. I've lost the wee, you know, the wee slip case that goes over your umbrella. Like ah, the, yeah. Look at the cool dash. <laughs> uh, they don't make dashes like that anymore. It's such a pity. These full digital dashes, I don't like them. Yeah, so I need a, I need, I need, need a new umbrella condom for my... One of my Skoda umbrellas. Get sorted. Mm. Um, <laughs> Soul of the Road, he says, personal favourite, my 2000s DeVille DTS, I can nearly say that, had a night, inf- night vision infrared camera on a heads-up display that would reject the infrared camera display on the windshield. Are you sure he wasn't driving kit from Night Rider? That sounds like it. The dashboard also had a night mode where everything but the digital speed indicator, three digits, would be shut off, which allows your eyes to adjust to the outside darkness. Animals were displayed as a bright white heads-up display. It was brilliant for rural areas. It's pretty cool. That is hmm. cool. I also That's read a thing on I Fucking Love Science that they now think they can give you a pill that will give you night vision. Oh. So you don't need like night vision goggles or anything. You know we they're are mi- living in a matrix. Well, you know, I know, right? That's a wee upgrade, is it? You know the military are gonna be all over that. Yeah. Um Jerry Lavery, he says the driver's ability to put the headrest down on an E class, Bally Lumford, Stefan loves it. So the, that's like a ninety four E class. If you hit a button, you can actually drop the rear headrest to see out of the window better. That is a good idea. Mm. Yeah. In fairness. Uh Jack underscore slow up says they need to bring back car phones. I'm pretty sure he messaged from his car phone. It's called a mobile. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Not sure about that one. Brooke Fab, Pete has went uh, a bit political. He says, Uday Hussein's S600 Merc riddled with speed holes is his favourite feature. <laughs> <laughs> um, Gethin underscore GTNI says Project Thunder back in the day. That was the Carlton. Oh, yes. That was the, the Max Bar one. Yeah. 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 That was, was it yellow? Yes, it was yeah. yellow. And the Carrado was orange. Yes. It had the Rager white Rager kit, yeah. yeah. And Marty Mim has so had a Gethin stroke. So has got confused between car features and car features. Car features in a magazine? Yes. It was still a cool car. <laughs> uh, and Marty Mim's had a stroke because he has just sent his name in, which is a bit odd. <laughs> I said to him this morning, I said, were you drunk last night? He says, no features. I think he thought 
magazine, magazine features. features. Ah, uh, he, th- he thought so like he's trying to flex, is he? <laughs> and then into our normal questions again. Marty Mim has had a stroke. Sirocco Q boys. I don't know what that means, but fair play to you, Marty. Good man. I know you're still alive because I've seen you this morning. Um, Jake underscore slow up. What's your dream job? Lottery winner. <laughs> <laughs> I want to retire and just build the cars I haven't the time to build. Dream job. I don't really know what. Something involving cars, it doesn't melt My dream brain. is to not work. Yeah. Give me that D- sweet DLA. I, I would happily go and collect 80s and 90s hot hatches and saloons. Something like that. Just a trip. But then you get bored of that after a while, I suppose. It's like your man is a Wayne Carini. That is a chasing, chasing classic cars. cars. Yeah, yeah, his kind of thing. I think Something like Hoonigan. Like, oh, just yeah. fly around the world and do stupid shit. Wreck the balls out of cars. Yeah. Doing well, something cool with cars and getting paid for it. There's my dream that's, job. Yeah. What were you going to say about Wayne Carini? I don't think he'd mind if he get paid or not. He's he just guy. loves it. Yeah. yeah. He's actually really likable when you're watching yeah. him. I love the old guy that does all the repairs in the workshop. Yep. I think the last time we talked about like dream jobs or something, I had said about being an underwater welder. <laughs> and then a load of people texted and were like, that's a stupid idea. <laughs> I was like, okay then. Underwater welder. Get the money. Jim underscore yearly. Why have drug dealers switched from blacked out Audis to electric scooters? Environment, I, can, I concur. <laughs> meant environmentally friendly, bro. Yeah. What more Save do you the want? planet, the carbon footprint, yeah. etc. How much do you want one of those for Dubshed, though? Because oh, I definitely do. I'm thinking about building something for Dubshed for getting around the site. Connor, you have 10 projects to finish first. No, this is something <laughs> I can throw an engine into. One of the trikes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what we need for Dubshed is um, one of those little tiny pickup trucks. Andy's brother has one. Oh, sure. like a K truck like type Like a K truck, yeah. Is it John Deere Fleet? What are you talking about? We do have Gators. True. All the Gators are fun. I like the Gator limo. The one with the extra seats. The, bang, the bang bus with yeah. the bigger seats. <laughs> Full pimping. Um, Robin33, would you rather fight one horse-sized duck or 100 duck-sized horses? I heard the best answer to this question ever on another podcast. Well then, let her rip. And I was hoping somebody would ask it at some point so I could give the same answer and pass it off as my own. What is it? You would fight the the horse-sized duck so that you could tame it and then ride it into battle. I like that. (laughs) Also, can't be beaten. I'm a big fan of duck. That's a lot of duck deed. (laughs) A horse-sized duck cakes, Connor. Oh, yes. (laughs) I find you don't get enough in those wee boxes. I know. I feel like you could tire out kicking 100 horse si- or duck-sized horses, you know. Yeah, it's got to be the horse-sized duck. But then, and then you make it your bitch. Yeah, I like that. What are you going for, Nigel? Run like fuck. I agree. That was perfectly. <laughs> why would I comment? It would just be poor. Uh, Daily bagged Mark 7 GTD. What is your favourite modern modified car you've seen in Ireland? That's a hard one. Mm, I haven't I, seen very mod- many I, modified cars lately. I think recently it's probably Dara Coleman's 911. Oh, the, is that the Slant News one? Yeah. yeah, with the Pandem kit. Yeah. Uh, that's I've cool. seen that up close and personal down at Old School, New School. Yeah. And it uh, really impressed me, so it did. Uh, yeah, and again, I'm not a Porsche guy at all, like, but that was cool. seriously nice. There's a lot of nice GT86s. Um, in fact, there's one, uh, James from Six Mile Style. It's such a simple thing, too, with that, the white one with the GTR R33 wheels mm-hmm. on it. But that's really, really nice. A, a car that consistently, because you've seen it for so long, but when you look around it again and again at Cleanfest, is Neil Chapman's Mark IV. Yeah, is, is that, that a modern? modern? No, it's 20-year-old. Modern. Oh, did he say modern? Yeah, modern, modern one. Yeah. 
Oh, sorry. Because I was thinking of a few, and I was like, no, that's like 80s. (laughs) Porsche's old then, right? Modern? Okay. Wait, what age is that Porsche? Oh, that'll be early 2000s. Oh, really? Oh, geez, I'm not a Porsche guy, as you can tell. (laughs) I'm still sticking with the GT86. Modern, modern, modern. Let me think about it for a minute. You're probably in the Mark Mark 7, so... There's that Mark Mark 8 that Gavin, those guys did. Yeah. Bagged it in the wheels and stuff. And like, I'm not a fan of those, but when I seen that done, it just sat really well. I was like, yeah, that's quite oh, nice. Oh, it was Mark 7. It was Titanic dubs. The white one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's that's a nice car. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's probably about right. You're probably asking this question to the wrong people because we are not yeah, we modern, like car modern car cars. people. <laughs> <laughs> I'll keep thinking about it. Leave here. The steam will be coming out soon. I'll wake up in the middle of the night and go, that's what it is. <laughs> I would like to see more highly modified modern cars. You look at the States and they're yeah. big into that. Wheels and air isn't a build, bro. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think power is the biggest thing anymore. No. Now, I say that Mark 7Rs are tuned to the moon, mm-hmm. but I don't think tuning is a big important... I don't know. Maybe I'm completely wrong. But do you look at what people's doing with like Mark 1s, 2s, 3s, you know... But you don't need to tune modern cars. It's already done. But I'm talking like l- proper wheels lowered and you're like, like really going to town on modifications mm. where a lot of people go with a simple bolt-on stuff because they know if it's financed or whatever, they can take it, hand yeah. it back and away you go. Where the States, when you look... Like when we were for Vagfair, the amount of like Mark 7s that were like 2, 3, 4-year-old and high... like. Like steel apart, steel steel white arch kits and stuff on them. And you're like, my god, you know, somebody really wanted to tie yeah. that thing. So our next one then we have is Dennis Lacouf Machining, whoever that guy is. Don't know. Um, Sounds very fancy. It does. He says, if you could pick a celebrity car builder to build one of your cars, who would it be and which car? At this point, any of my cars, somebody <laughs> needs to build them. It depends what you class as a celebrity. You, YouTube guys, are they celebrities? Yeah. Get Mike from Stanceworks. Does some very tasty work. He'd be very thorough, wouldn't he? Yeah. He'd be like myself. He would take his time with it. <laughs> I think the person I would get to build would be your man. I keep forgetting his name. And he was on a podcast I was listening to. He took over from Ed China. Ant. Ant. Yeah, I can't remember his surname. Yeah. Yeah. I somebody like him to do it. Um, very thorough. Looks uh, even like Aaron Kaufman from Gas Monkey, like very detail oriented. Not so much oh, the Gas Monkey it, yeah. stuff, but yeah, yeah those yeah. kind of guys. I'd have to build a pickup for him to build, or buy a pickup for him to build for me, though. Yeah, what did you call the guy? I think he's dead now. American Hot Rod. Oh, it's running in my head. Not Chip Fruce. He's not dead. Yeah. He's not dead. No. Um, Mike. No. No, oh who I mean God. anyway. Yeah. The American Hot Rod guy. This is terrible. And I would get him to build me a PT Cruiser. A PT Cruiser. Why yeah. am I not shocked Hot by Rod. that? Because it would be fucking awesome. Boyd Coddington. Boyd Coddington. Ah, there you go. <laughs> Thank you, Google. Boyd Excellent. Coddington. <laughs> so, no, I think, uh, who would I? I like somebody likes it, like Mike from Stansworth or something with an eye for detail to build. Bad Obsession Motorsport, guys. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they, could, they could build my Mark 1 over 10 years. Does that have to vlog at all? That would be, yeah, that would be good to have now. Yeah. Ah, that would be good. Because a lot of those, like, celebrity TV builders, quote unquote, they're not... You know, a lot of that stuff's kicked together for the show and yeah. away you go, you know, unless of some sort of backing behind Pimp them. my ride. Yeah. <laughs> Even the likes of Overhaul and all too, like. Yeah. But no, I get Mike Stanceworks build my Arc 1 or as you say, the Bad Obsession Motorsport guys. Yeah. Good four-wheel drive it or something. <laughs> well, by the way, my car would be a Mark II RS3 engine synchro. Oh, well, yes. That's so, the guy for that. And get ready. 
S14 OCP says, I'm sad I missed the cars and coffee. How was the coffee? I didn't have any. I think I've seen one person with coffee because yep. it was like a five minute walk to the coffee shop. The ratio to cars to coffee was very <laughs> bad towards the cars. <laughs> also, what's your opinion on raffle sites these days? Are they on the decline? I think so. I think it was a flash in the pan. There was. I think it got to the point where everyone was doing it. And then it kind of... I think the smaller ones have died away and the bigger have got bigger. Oh yeah, yeah, the definitely. Bigger, you know, the Our kings is still going strong, yeah. but it's got to die out. I don't think they will, as you say, Nigel. It'll be the the big guys will hang the about, but survive. it's the fly by night. Oh, look what they're doing! We'll do that too, kind of thing. That mm. There's a few guys I would follow on social media, and I've seen them starting up a raffle thing, and next thing within a month or two, done. So yeah, they burnt their fingers on it. That's probably the thing too. If something new starts up, people will jump on it and go, oh, "Let's try that." And then once the hype dies down, it sort of tails off again. They don't sell the tickets. They don't do this because mm-hmm. they didn't spend the money in advertising. Blah blah blah. It's like there's anything. lots of people now are taking the cash alternatives and stuff. So then, what do they do with the cars? Do they like re-raffle them? I don't. Yeah, that's know, a weird one. Because what well, do you from, do? From my understanding, of the whole thing, the raffle organizers are buying these cars ridiculously cheap. Uh huh. So. They'll never get caught out with them. Aye, so if they went to like, trade it in or something, they're not going to get stuck with them. For example, a uh, friend of mine, he got his RS6 bought by them, uh-huh. and he was desperate to sell it, and they gave him like four grand, five grand below what it was worth. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Uh, fair enough. So I suppose the way they look at it is, look, I'm sitting here with cash for you. Yeah. There's a go. You take it or leave it kind of thing. I've started now. I only enter for stuff that I actually really, really want. Would that not be the norm? No. No. <laughs> God. Because I didn't know knowing my luck, didn't know there were auction novas. <laughs> <laughs> but knowing my luck, I'd win something stupid. Aye, that I and I'd never Take win the cash, again. Go buy a nova. Yeah. <laughs> um, another one, Marty Mim. This must be pre-stroke. He says, "Why have Mark II Sorokos never kicked off reasonable money still for a clean one, where Mark One Golfs are and Sorokos are mortgage money?" He's not wrong. Same there. as a Jetta. It's just the market for them, like isn't it? You know. Yeah. We actually seen a Mark II Sirocco today at the meeting. Yeah. Did you see it? Yeah. It was cool. And it was a scallop. But they were always considered the ugly baby. Yeah. For, it was like for Mark years, golfs, they, yeah. were, they were the ugly one. The bit, the Nobody bit of, wanted them. The Jetta's the bit of golf. Yeah. wasn't the golf. It was the bit of golf. Nobody so wanted them. it was always sort of... Yeah. And then, it's the sort of thing when... I always say, the thing, the one that everybody wanted, say, was the Mark I golf. And then once that gets to the point where it's too expensive to be attainable, everybody looks at everything else that yeah. wasn't nice and you kind of go... That doesn't look too bad now. It's, mm-hmm. it's affordable. I squint so. my eyes. It sort of looks like it. Yeah. You see, the reason I love the Mark One Jetta is it's the square headlights. Yeah. Whereas the round on the Golf, it's nice, but I would prefer a Mark One Golf with the Jetta front. Well, you like the you like the American Westy front. Yeah. Then? Yeah. John Eight Underscore Bill Six. He says chances of. 2022 being another disappointment for car enthusiasts regarding indoor car events due to COVID. And also, why is the IS200 the best car money can buy? <laughs> hey, John's antagonizing me here. <laughs> I did predict that they were a good investment. He did buy one. Yeah, we called it last year. Buy yeah. an S- you know, 100%. Buy good, yeah. Stonks, mate. To the moon. So what about next year? You reckon it's going to be touch and go still? Cro- everything cross, fingers cross. Let's get this shit sorted out. Yeah, hopefully yeah. so. It's hard to know. We, like you're looking <laughs> into the future, like that's the, the shit thing about it. You know, nobody knows what's going to happen. You think you're turning the corner and it's Groundhog Day again? Yep. And uh, IS200s are awful. Worst sound in six cylinder ever. I will yeah. stand by that fact. Like They're a nice looking car. I've always said that. 
but I wouldn't own one in a fit. No, I think they're a great looking car, but they're just a bit meh. Not for me. Uh, but each their own. You know, to keep it politically correct and mm. all that shit. Um, unless you're wrong. Unless you're wrong, yeah. <laughs> Last one then is from Ricky underscore VWT2. Ricky says, how do you guys feel about doing the podcast now you are settled into doing it? I hate it. You hate it? Nigel's <laughs> <laughs> about to walk out. I've had enough. 50, I'm out. So it's actually something we were talking about over lunch earlier. Yeah. Just chatting about like how we went into this expecting it to be sit down hit record for an hour and Talk throw shit. it onto the yeah. internet yeah. and you don't realise like how much background is involved in it and then the after work and the research the post editing yeah it's just it's absolutely and like even after 50 episodes we've got a bit better doing it and a bit better at the processing side of it but we're comfortable behind the mic yeah Oh, oh, first few episodes we just burst out laughing for yeah. 15 months oh I remember sitting <laughs> down my voice sounds funny yeah well, it still yeah. does like but you know I remember sitting you just get used to it don't you mm-hmm. I remember sitting down with you Nigel you weren't there early at the time the first one and we just laughed at each other for oh, like I, half I was an there hour. were you there I wasn't on the mic but ah, I was right. there and we were just laughing at each other going we sound like two dickheads here and 50 the, episodes later the we're the still more you get it in your head to ignore the mics and just pretend talk you're yeah. just talking each other. Yeah. yeah well the it's one good thing, maybe, that has come out of COVID, because I was supposed to only ever have been... Dropping in and a, out. A guest, you know, in and out, because I was always away with work. And then when COVID happened, I was just here all the time, and now I'm part of the furniture. Yeah. You can join in. <laughs> that's right, actually. I forgot about that. So that's us for this episode. Yeah. Another one down. That's number 50. We keep clicking on. We do indeed. I still can't believe people... Actually, listen to us <laughs> talk shite for an hour, but here we are. Yeah, it blew me away this morning to meet that yeah, that's podcast it. and there were 60 or 70 cars turned up. I for and something we were trying to actively keep down. A heartfelt <laughs> thank you to everybody that turned up, and mm-hmm. we'll definitely do it again. Yeah, and keep everybody for your support over the last yeah. almost two, two years. years. If we didn't get questions and input, I don't think we'd. That's what I really enjoy yeah. is the interaction with people too, which yeah. comes a new surprise for people with me, like the talk. <laughs> so, Yes, we know. So we'll wrap it up there. As usual, follow us on our socials. Our Instagram page is at Reload Podcast and individually we're known as at Maxwell House 46 at Connor McCann and at VDub Boy. So we'll catch you next time and thanks for listening once again. Yep. Cheers, folks. Bye. Bye. Hello and welcome back to the Reload Podcast. I am Nigel Lamont, I think. Are you sure with that? Yeah. yeah. We'll start that again. <laughs> <laughs>